And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Just the West. Happy Friday. Happy Friday once again uh, for this late podcast. I uh, hope you guys have had a great week so far. I can't believe it's week 15 coming up. So to recap, I guess for fantasy football purposes, uh, this season I was in six fantasy football leagues. I made playoffs in five out of the six. And so heading into week 15 of my fantasy playoffs, out of those five, I am still alive in three of them. And so I guess three for six isn't too bad as we head into I guess you would say the conference finals, because if I were to win any of these matchups right now, I'd go into the finals. And so if I could win one of them, I'd be very happy. I just need one. One time, one time, one time. Um, But nonetheless, I hope you guys have had an awesome week, because I know that for most of you guys, after this week, uh, as we head into the holiday season, things are going to get a little bit easier on the schedule. I know that some companies closed down, or at least... Um, at least for me, for real estate, things slow up considerably um, in regards to clients. People go out of town, and it's a bunch of good stuff for me because there's holiday parties, there's networking, there's thank you cards, there's just a lot of Christmas AF type of stuff. But go ahead and talk some NFC West football, though. Yeah, yeah. Rams are 11 and 2. 11 and 2 sounds good on paper, but. They're coming off kind of a kind of a sour loss, which they played at Chicago. I think it was like Jared Goss, like fourth, fifth career game. East Coast, outdoor, cold weather, Sunday night football. And yeah, they lost 15 to 6. Jared Goff, he had four interceptions. He had like a 19.1 quarterback rating. Um, season low. I don't know if it's career low because I know that his rookie season was pretty bad. But uh, it's definitely the worst output that Jared Goff has had all season. And, yeah, he was sacked three times. And I think that the O-line was partly responsible for some of the mishaps on, on offense. Uh, but, yeah, they are 11-2. And uh, the last two weeks, their offense has been, I won't say struggling, but uh, they've had two road games. And so they haven't been the Rams that we've known all season. Um, Seahawks are 8 5 very nice, ugly win at home. Monday Night Football, they won 21-7 to against the Minnesota Vikings. A game where, when I say ugly, the reason why I say ugly is because, I mean, they ran the football. Sure, that's all good and dandy, but Russell Wilson, uh, yeah, man, he, uh, he only had 70 passing yards. 7-0 passing yards. And I think the last two games, I mean, he's only he's only been passing like, 17 times a game, 10, 10 to 12 completions. Like That has to be, i got to check the books for that, but that has to be another low um, on their passing offense. And uh, yeah, it was as bad as Russell Wilson had played that game. I don't know if you guys had saw, but right before the half, they were right at red zone. He scrambled around. He made a really poor throw. Uh, he threw it up in the air, and it was intercepted by the Vikings right into halftime. And so they... They lost at least three points on the board. Um, but, yeah, not the best way to play football. They still came out triumphant because I think that the Vikings' offense was, I mean, arguably even worse than the Seahawks' offense. And that's why you saw the 21-7 to final score. But 
because the the Vikings offense had struggled so bad against this this t- type of game. Uh, their offensive coordinator, uh, John Filippo, John Filippo, John De Filippo, he, uh, he was axed. And so, yeah, a lot of shit happened for that game. But the Seahawks have won four straight. They're eight and five right now. And I'll get into it uh, in a bit. But they're playing the Niners. And if they win this game, this upcoming game in week 15 against the Niners, they will clinch a playoff berth. And if you think about it, they started this season 0-2. They lost to Denver week one. Yeah, I mean, fast forward to their 8-5 record, four wins in a row, and the Panthers, the Packers, the Eagles, I mean, they've, this month of December hasn't been kind to them. And so right now, the Seahawks are slated to get that number five seed in the NFC Conference for playoffs, which is crazy to think. It's crazy. But the Seahawks, despite that Minnesota game, it's a win. Four games in a row, they're playing their best football. Um, But it makes you wonder if they can really get everything collectively together on track for if and when they're in the playoffs. Next down the line, third place, quote-unquote third place, but uh, this is the bottom dwellers of not just the NFC West as a conference, as a division, but um, it's the bottom dwellers of the NFL as a whole. Cardinals, they are 3-10, and and they are coming off a pretty underwhelming game against the Lions in which they lost 3-17 to at home. Mind you, the Lions aren't that good either. They've had a ton of injuries as well. They've been underwhelming, but to only put up three points at home against a Detroit Lions team that can be had for points... Uh, they're also coming without Carryon Johnson as their running back. Ligard Blunt actually, uh, actually not even Blunt. It was like it was that white running back Zenner, um, Theo Riddick. I mean, gassed them on run defense. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a hard game to watch. Actually, I mean, I knew that the Cardinals were bad, but uh, uh, Josh Rosen statistically right now. He's not Jared Goff level like rookie season wise because Jared Goff was 0 and 8 and had arguably the, the worst rookie season ever in the history of football. But uh, Rosen isn't playing too well right now, and I, I know I know that they upset the Packers and got Mike McCarthy fired at Lambeau Field. I mean, how many teams can go to Lambeau Field uh, and beat them at their own turf, let alone the team like the Cardinals? But uh, yeah, Josh Rosen, he seems to be regressing. If you look at the numbers right now, he's only completing like, uh, I don't I don't have the numbers on me right now, but I, I believe he's completing like 12, 13 passes the last couple games. Um, he's had, Sure, I mean, he's had a couple of nice throws. I mean, particularly, it seems like the Cardinals have the Niners' number this season because two of their wins have been against the Niners. And their last game at San Francisco, there was that nice game-winning drive by Rosen, there's that nice, what, 60-yard catch and run to Christian Kirk, who's now an injured reserve, by the way. But, uh, you know, I just haven't seen too much lately out of Rosen. He seems to have been regressing, and I don't know it's because of, well, I mean, it's it's a combination of things. Their offensive line, uh, injuries, uh, like I mentioned before, Christian Kirk. Their receivers aren't really, outside of Larry Fitzgerald, there isn't too much to talk about. Um but uh, 
yeah, it's it's been kind of a watch lately for Josh Rosen, which is uh, not what you want to see out of your rookie quarterback. And last but not least, uh, your or my or whoever's San Francisco 49ers, they're last place in the division because the Cardinals beat them twice. So, yeah, they're 3-10 and 10 as well. And they, well, technically they're like the happiest 3-10 and 10 team in the league right now in regards to like, well, actually, the Raiders just beat the Steelers too, so they're pretty happy 3-10 and 10 as well. But the Niners are coming off, I won't say a convincing win, but a very warm victory at home against the Denver Broncos. A Denver Broncos team that was aspiring to make the playoffs. This is a game that they needed to win. And they won 20-14 to 14 Niners. Uh, that first half, George Kittle set a couple of franchise records. Seven catches, 210 receiving yards, one touchdown. And for the board, he's got the most receiving yards by a tight end in franchise history. Um, yeah, he's a pro bowler, hands down for sure. He has about 1,100 receiving yards, and we have a couple games left in the season. Uh, he was, and this is this kind of irks me, but he had 210 yards in the first half. He only needed five more receiving yards to surpass Shannon Sharp for the all-time record of receiving yards in a NFL game. Shannon Sharp had 215 yards. George Kittle at halftime had 210 and so the Broncos essentially blanketed George Kittle away the second half. I mean, no shit that they would pay some attention to him after halftime. But still, it's um, I would have liked to have seen Kittle break the record. Uh, just just being a little, just being a little selfish in that regards. Because I mean, there's nothing too, something too high to say about for the Niners at this point in the season. Uh, it was kind of a weird feeling for some of those Niners fans because you were happy for the win, especially at home. It's been it's been a long while. It's been like what week seven, week eight since they've gotten another win, and that the last game they had was against the Raiders. But at the same time, for a lot of these fans, yeah, I mean, right now they have three wins. The Raiders have three wins. The Cardinals have three wins. The Niners are slated right now for the number one overall pick into the NFL draft, which is great. And so when the Broncos lost to the Niners and the Raiders game was still going on, people were like, oh, yeah, it's it's nice to have the win, but we should lose outright so we can get the number one pick. I mean, I've talked about this before on my podcast. I feel a little bit conflicted to root against your team and to hope that they lose for a draft pick. And so... You know, I'm not the biggest fan of going that route, but I get it statistically and just for the quality. Uh, I mean, you know, there's been Miles Garrett and a couple of really good, talented players that they seemingly, you know, lost in the cracks because they won a couple of extra games. But uh, as of right now, uh, despite the win, it was a win-win scenario, quote-unquote, because Niners won, Raiders won, everyone is right now at three wins. So by theory, they need to lose outright. The Cardinals need to lose outright as well. Uh, Both teams are slated for top five picks, if not top two, if not top three. So that was week 14. Let's go ahead and divulge into week 15. I I still can't believe there's only a couple weeks left of the season. Playoffs is right upon us. And at this point, 
Very lucky to have the Rams and the Seahawks, two of the NFC West teams representing the division in the postseason. And, um, yeah, let's go ahead and divulge into the first game at hand, uh, the most NFC West AF game for Week 15, which is revisiting within a 14-day, three-week span matchup between the Seahawks and the Niners. And the last time they played, it was at Seattle, which was literally like a couple weeks ago while I was watching the game at White Elephant in San Francisco. But yeah, the Seahawks dominated them 41 to, I'd like to say 16. It was it was pretty bad. But uh, they won outright, and the Seahawks go into this game on the road against the Niners at San Francisco or Santa Clara, however you may put it. But yeah, right now the Seahawks, I think the line opened at 5. It's seemingly at 3.5 right now, last time I checked the spread. Over under 44 and a half, so give and take 20-ish points. But it's interesting though because it did open at it opened at five and a half. It went up to six and a half, but right after that Monday night football game where Seattle, you know, even though they won 21 to seven, they kind of struggled to win 21 to seven, and so the line went down. Started at five and a half, went up to six and a half, and now it's down at three and a half. Because you see some vulnerability from the Seahawks. But really, I, I, I just... Um, this is two teams that are seemingly going in opposite directions. The Seahawks need this win. They're not going to take it easy on the Niners. And it's not like the Niners have really been competitive against the Seahawks the last couple of seasons. Uh, but I also know that the Niners, even though they're not going to admit that they will be tanking to get the top pick in the draft. Um, you know, even though it's the last couple weeks, Kyle Shanahan, he's been starting his younger players in the second half of the season to see what he's got on his roster moving forward 2019 and on. You're seeing the, the defensive lineman Julian Taylor. They're, you're seeing their safety in Marcel Harris. Free safety DJ Reed's been getting some looks at Nickelback. I mean, it's becoming quite apparent that um, the Niners are getting ready for the offseason, getting ready for the next thing at hand. Um, because, yeah, they're they're letting their veteran players sit in favor of the rookie players. Uh, I think I saw some statistic last week against the Broncos, but I think out of their, uh, out of their starting defense, like seven, eight of their defensive starters were 24 years or younger, which is an indication of, you know, kind of, where they're at with this team right now and that's okay though that's okay I mean you know um they're not necessarily tanking the season but they're giving their 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 youngsters a chance to play I mean you're seeing like I don't when Matt Breida their running back was hurt uh they put Jeffrey Wilson who played played very well he's actually played a, a couple of really solid games in the absence of Matt Breida and so for this game in particular you know, I think that the Seahawks should be able to take care of business just because, yeah, I mean, this Niners secondary, uh, they're going to allow way more than 70 passing yards. That's for damn sure. And I know that, you know, Richard Sherman would love to get an interception. He has no interceptions for the season. I know that the Niners would like to get a couple of takeaways. It's the same thing as uh, as last time. They have 
five takeaways for the season. They didn't get any takeaways last week. They are on pace to have the lowest amount of takeaways in NFL history. Yeah, so I mean, if the Seahawks continue to win the turnover battle, which I anticipate them to do, if they continue to run the ball and have an efficient passing game, which I expect them to do, uh, the Seahawks should win convincingly, despite the line being at three and a half, despite their kind of lackluster performance on Monday Night Football. But yeah, man, I am all in on the Seahawks, which is which pains me to put it out there. But I mean, I call it like I see it. It is what it is. Uh, if the Seahawks don't shoot themselves in the foot, if they play good, solid Seattle football, which is running the ball, getting them to some opportune situations on play action for Russell, Russell Wilson to do his thing, whether it's with Tyler Laquette, David Moore, Doug Baldwin right now, he's questionable to play. But if they do their connection, do their thing. By the way, Tyler Luckett is 158.3 quarterback rating when he's targeted. That Wilson to Luckett connection has been booming all season. Um, but if they continue to do what they've been doing and win that turnover battle and just really just don't shoot themselves in the foot, uh, the Seahawks are coming out to a solid win to get that playoff berth in the NFC Conference. So go ahead and give me the Niners... 17, Seahawks, 27. Kind of close of a score, but I think that, uh, yeah, it will be a pretty straightforward game for the the Seattle Seahawks. And kind of a win for the Niners, too, because as much as they'd like to beat the Seahawks, I just, um, it's probably in their best favor to lose anyways and get a better pick. Pains me to say that, but it is what it is. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead into the next game at hand, which is two two shitty teams for, for different reasons. And when I say that, it is the Arizona Cardinals, who have no talent on the roster right now. They are rebuilding. They have a rookie quarterback that is struggling right now. They have an offensive line that is struggling right now. They have a running back who's talented but is not being utilized properly all season a little bit better now in the second half but this is a underwhelming Cardinals team and they go on the road to play an Atlanta Falcons team that has plenty of talent that not too long ago they were a couple of seasons removed from perhaps winning the Super Bowl but you guys already know what happened with that with Kyle Shanahan and that offense but since Kyle Shanahan has left to become the head coach of the Niners This Falcons team the last two seasons has seemingly slid and slid and underwhelmed. And yeah, they have plenty of talent, but they've also had plenty of injuries on their defense. And just overall right now, uh, this team has plenty of holes, which is the reason why both the Cardinals and the Falcons are seemingly in the mix for a top five pick. Um, So having said that, Right now, I have the Falcons at home against the Cardinals, favored by 10 points, over under 44. So another kind of mediocre, low-scoring game, similar to the Seahawks and Niners game. Uh, And it's interesting, too, because, let's see, it opened at, okay, the Falcons were favored by 9. They didn't move too much. They're now favored at 10. Uh, Over under was at 44. But, yeah, I mean, this is just a... It's a battle of two shitty teams for different reasons. And, you know, 
Technically, the Falcons have much better offensive players to guard and account for. Julio Jones, I think the last time they played, he had like 100 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I mean, yeah, he's another shifty back where the Cardinals do struggle to defend. At this point, Blake, I think that the Falcons' offense is going to all right, win the game. It doesn't really matter if the Falcons' defense, notably their pass rush, has been lacking. Uh, I just think that the Cardinals don't really have an answer to respond uh, to Matt Ryan in that offense, especially if the Falcons, being at home, get off to like a quick, fast start. Let's just say they get up to like a 14-0 lead. Yeah, it's going to be really tough for Rosen and that offense to move the chains and, and get points. And so let's make this short because these are two teams that are on the same page where they kind of both don't really want to win, which is funny. But uh, go ahead and give me the least talented team to lose, which is the Cardinals. So give me the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals 13. Give me the Falcons 21. That just sounds about right. 13 to 21, I think that... Uh, just put an end to this misery, which is the Cardinal season. The only silver lining is, you know, if David Johnson gets, which he should, if he gets like 25, 30 touches, whether it's as a receiver or as a running back, but if they get involved early, if they win the time of possession, which they certainly can, um, because this Falcons defense isn't that good as well. Uh, but I think that their only chance to beat the Falcons is if they play fundamental control football with David Johnson and a little bit of a, a little bit of Josh Rosen off of play action, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah, especially on the road. So moving onwards, we go ahead and lo and behold, the Rams are once again in the spotlight on Sunday night football for the second week in a row against an Eagles team that as of a couple days ago, it's been announced that Carson Wentz quarterback of the Eagles is going to be out for not only this week, but most likely the rest of the season. Um, it is a spinal vertebrae injury. Now, how bad is it? They've been pretty mum on it. Uh, I think that the Eagles staff mentioned that it's been an injury that has been evolving, which is something you don't really want to hear from your starting quarterback, let alone a quarterback that's coming off an ACL injury from last season. Uh, but, man, I mean, this was a game that, you know, obviously the, the schedule makers for the NFL, they were really looking forward to just because both Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, three years ago, they are the same draft class. Jared Goff was number one. Carson Wentz was number two. I mean, yeah, this was supposed to be a really good matchup between, you know, the Super Bowl Eagles and the up-and-coming Rams team, but here we are now because the line opened at the Rams being favorite eight and a half, and with Carson Wentz out right now, it went up to ten and a half, and as of Friday night, 11.15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, it has ballooned up to 13. They still put it as a pretty high total, which is over under 52. Nick Foles gets back into the mix, and may I remind you, Nick Foles did get into the mix last season. Last postseason, might I add, and they won the Super Bowl. But this is a completely, I won't say different team, but it's a depleted team. They've had a ton of injuries. They have uh, had uh, a ton of things that have not worked in their favor this season, which 
I mean, they're coming off a pretty tough loss against the Cowboys. And it looks like this year that they are not going to make the playoffs. It's going to be the Seahawks, most likely. And I think that you're going to have the Panthers fight for it as well. But, um, yeah, I have nothing really. I'll say this. So the Rams, the last two weeks, they've been on the road. Two weeks ago, they played against Detroit. They won, but their offense wasn't nearly as dominant as it has been in weeks past. And then you had this kind of laying an egg against Chicago at Chicago where they struggled mightily. And, you know, good teams, even good teams like the Saints, like the Patriots, yeah, they lose. They have a couple of bad games in the season. You're going to seemingly not bring your A game every week. Most weeks, but not every week. And I feel that the Rams, it might be a blessing in disguise for them to struggle the last couple of weeks because it kind of opens things up. It gets the defense and the offense at that to kind of reevaluate where they're at and what they need to do to improve. I'd rather have some of the nuances that they're seeing on both sides of the field happen now versus later on in the playoffs. And so, you know, the good thing about the Rams is their secondary, Akib Talib is back. He came back against the Bears game and they had three interceptions. They made a couple of plays, but it's been their run defense. Uh, that's been horrible. They are allowing 5.1 yards per carry, which is the most in the league. And uh, yeah, their offense right now, their offensive line the last couple of weeks has been struggling to, you know, pass protect. Uh, Jerry Goff is not a mobile quarterback by any means. And so, yeah, they've been they've been struggling on the trenches, essentially, on the on the run defense and the, on the pass protection side. And so I think in this instance, this is like the perfect matchup for the Rams to go back home, play a Carson Carson Wentz-less team with a secondary that's been injured. Uh, They lost Jalen Mills. They lost Darby, Rodney McLeod. I mean, this secondary right now, it's really scattered. And so I usually talk a lot early about give him the ball, get him involved. Yeah, sure, that's fine in everything. But actually, in my opinion, Jared Goff should have a rebound game against a really battered secondary, I think that whether it's Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, uh, I don't know, I don't even care, even Gerald Everett, I think that they're going to have one hell of a day through the air. Uh, I highly encourage them to test the secondary. Uh, get a little bit of Todd Gurley, obviously, but get into play action and throw down the field. Uh, this is a game that, you know, for the Rams' sake, I think that they can really make a statement on Sunday Night Football and prove that the last couple of weeks were... Uh, just adjustment periods being on the road is really tough but to be at home in the prime time spotlight against a team that as of right now they outclass and so they should definitely double down and win convincingly I say win convincingly if they struggle like they did against the Lions I would be kind of worried actually to their prospects in the postseason because right now this is when they need to be at their best they need to get everything right in the next couple weeks before they head into playoffs. Seriously, they need to get their shit together. So having said that, um, you know, one thing I am worried about in particular, going back to pass protection, is their version of Aaron Donald, their defensive tackle, which is Fletcher Cox. He has six and a half sacks for the season, and I know he doesn't have double-digit sacks like Aaron Donald does, 
but he is in that same caliber in terms of that impact that he has on the trenches. So whether it's, I mean, they have two starting interior guards. It's Austin Blythe, it's Roger Saffold. So wherever they put Fletcher Cox, I mean, that's where you should put most of the attention because there are other edge rushers, Brendan Graham, I mean, he's hurt, and the rest of them are okay. Uh, they still have Michael Bennett, I believe. He hasn't been 100%. I think he's been playing through injury. And so, yeah, the focus needs to be on Fletcher motherfucking Cox. I mean, it's the same thing. He is their Aaron Donald. So that's the one player in particular that I would worry about that could really give Jerry Goff a ton of troubles. <sighs> so having said that, let's go ahead and call the score. Um, right now, Rams are favored by overwhelming amount of points, which is 13. Hmm. I'm just not a fan of so many points to put on the board. Uh, give me the Eagles 23, Rams 34. Sounds about right. Eagles 23, Rams 34. They'll win. They'll look pretty. They'll be convincing, but I don't think they're going to cover the spread. I don't think their defense is dominant enough to win by 13 plus unless their offense of course balls out gets into a really big lead ahead early and the Eagles give up may I remind you guys that uh, Nick Foles did come in for the Eagles last season and kind of won a Super Bowl so it's not like it's been the first time they've not had Carson Wentz but you know just a couple things to consider all right, guys. Well, that's about that time. Thank you so much for checking out the uh, Just the West podcast. Continue to follow me at Twitter, at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and, of course, my blog, www.justthewest.com. For those that have been checking out the blog, my apologies for last week. Things have been a little bit busy for me right before the holiday time, but I will continue to put out posts on the blog as well as this podcast um, but speaking of podcasts, a shout out to my sponsor, which is Red Circle. Uh, you can check them out at getredcircle.com. They're a new venture-based seed stage company, a startup uh, based off of engineers and product managers formerly at Uber. They've been awesome for me. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to have my podcast a part of your guys' platform. Uh, so for those podcasters that are looking to get in the game and get started go ahead and check out get red circle get redcircle.com once again my name is just the west and have a great great week 15 weekend because hey what you know what yeah there's football on saturday too so you get football saturday and sunday week 15 we out here peace